there. So I just I get on Twitter and I'm just like, fuck you, you motherfuckers, you woke up my goddamn fucking kid, and then you didn't even fucking clear it up. Like what? Went off on it. Anyways, long story I'm short. I'm so glad that I missed this on your feed. Yeah. Long story short, I came back uh, at like three. I think it, oh it was. This is Tuesday, so I went went to watch. I came here. I came to the Black. We're at the Blackheart of St. Paul, actually. Um, came to Blackheart, watched uh, Liverpool. Um, you know, beat the shit out of Salzburg. Came home, and they had like they come through and like cleaned everything up. Poor Jesse Marsh. Yeah. So, how's your how's how's your guys' uh, weeks going so far? I feel like if I'm driving a snowplow at six thirty in the morning, like there's no amount of malice right. that I won't stoop to. So like, I can I can put myself in that headspace really easily. Who in the actual fuck does at six thirty in the goddamn morning? Well, with, not even a snowplow. A snowplow would be one thing. These are fucking street scrapers, so they're like trying to they're hitting the fucking ground. Uh, you do realize and that they, they, my whole house my house fucking shook. I was literally in my bed. I have a gigantic a king size fucking bed from uh uh whatever Your uh, Highness. Yeah, well whatever the podcast company or you know the thing the, when i always uh <laughs> sleep sleep whatever i don't know what the fuck they're called mattress Man, you need to work on your i don't know <laughs> anyways they're they're they were they they you know they're advertising all the podcasts and i also have this gigantic nice bed that doesn't move like i i roll around all the time my wife's like i never feel you in bed like rolling around because she's like it's it's a nice fucking like bed a personal problem and i was that's fair <laughs> um but i was like i was literally like I was fucking jolted awake by this goddamn fucking thing. You do realize that some people, like, not that I'm one to talk, but that actually wake up at 6.30 to go to their jobs. Live from the Black Heart of St. Paul, we are the Dave Tino. This is the Dave You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. A gigantic beer, that a homebrew beer, Doppelbach. Terminator Doppelbach from the Hop Clouds. So I'm gonna, this is gonna be very tasty later, gentlemen. But I, I, I want to leave. You, you have MJ. Do you want to say something or? No, just okay. yummy dark beer. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. There, the first beer that I had was a Mexican uh, porter. It was fucking oh, delicious. That sounds delicious. Um, so Hop Clouds, shout out to the Hop Clouds. If you ever want to uh, sponsor the Dave's I Know podcast, you know where to find me. You know where to find us. I want to introduce. So we have a we have a. Normally we do catch up banner here, um, but you've never met these people. You met MJ, but you've never met Dan. And I want to introduce uh, our two new co-hosts to the Dave's I Know podcast, uh, MJ and Dan. So um, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. Tell a little bit, maybe about your uh, relationship to uh, soccer and especially Minnesota United soccer and and whatever fun tidbits you wanna you wanna add in. So uh, MJ, my name's Ma- my name is Matthew Johnson, but most people in the soccer world know me as MJ. I've been following the Minnesota pro soccer team since 2010, and that's how I met uh, David Zeller. And I uh, love a lot of things soccer, and uh, mainly the most thing that I'm well known for is retweeting and adding a bunch of people on Twitter. <laughs> that is true. You do you do like to do that, uh, Dan? 
Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'm Dan Wade. Um, relatively new as these things go to the Minnesota soccer scene. Kind of only got into it after I moved back home uh, here in about 2015. Uh, should you know me, it's probably from not being Dwayne Wade on Twitter. I am <laughs> at D Wade. A whole lot of people seem to think that I had an NBA career. So let me assure you I did not. So, yeah, you can definitely, uh, yeah, definitely don't at uh, Dwayne Wade on Twitter if you are trying to talk to Dan Wade um, and all this baseball awesome baseball stuff. I am desperately curious if anyone has ever added him trying to talk to me. Like, I'm <laughs> guessing no, but may, I mean, I've been on Twitter for like 11 years at this point. One person, like, it may have happened, and I would really, really like to know that. Very, very possible. So, um, so yeah, so you're going to learn more about these two gentlemen as we uh, get into this podcast. Uh, I'm just going to throw in our Patreon pitch as we always do at the top of the podcast. Uh, Patreon.com backslash the Daves I know to help support the Daves that you know. Uh, we are continuing our watch party series. The next the next watch party episode will be victory. Uh, I need to I'm going to get fucking Luke Craig and Martin and if these two gentlemen want to jump in on it um, into the party, I have uh, we can actually literally watch it in my house and then talk about it right afterwards because I have it oh, on yeah. DVD. Um, but I also have some uh, some ideas I'm going to run by these these two fabulous gentlemen that you're going to meet a little bit here in a second um, about some potential stuff for the future, um, especially during the season. So patreon.com backslash the Daves. I know it helps support the Daves that you know. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, so let's meet these two. We already met these two dudes. We're going to jump in actually to the the very, the very, very, very best people talking about Inchi to Everton. Pressing issue right now. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of people are talking about it. Yeah. The, and I'm, all, I feel very divided. Very divided. Part of my Everton. Only the only the very best people, MJ, are talking about this. Well, That's why you're not hearing it from Piers Morgan. Yes. Yeah. Piers well, Morgan, cunt, not talking about it. Um. So true. you are you are you are the resident Everton fan. I, I we we always apologize to Everton fans. I'm sorry you're an Everton fan. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Can you talk about this from well, a perspective of how you are going to how much you are going to rejoice? That you are getting Inchi back as an Everton and also like cry and lament that you're going to lose him as a Minnesota United fan. You have heard me say many times before, as an Evertonian fan, we love Inchi the player from the 80s and all the goals he scored, and we dislike Inchi the coach. No one but, is saying that. But, but, Only but, the best people are saying Inchi to Everton. But now there's an opportunity for redemption. Oh, there you go. Okay. Sorry. I jumped the gun there. So, I, my apologies. So, so the other part of myself is looking at the the potential, you know, and you look at the the all the money that Everton has that Minnesota United does not. That is true. And and he always wants two to three more players. Well, he's going to get those two or three more players, you know, at a place like Everton. That is hundred percent true, Dan. I'm I for one am really excited to see Inchi rely on Theo Walcott and Alex Awobi to score goals. <laughs> I think Inchi loves the wings. This was Winger FC for a long time. He can now bring that back to Everton with two guys who showed if they showed one thing at Arsenal, it was that they had no goddamn clue where the goal was. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to Inchi convincing himself that that this is the future of Everton football is Theo Walcott streaking down the wing only to shoot it all the way into the mercy side. Yes. I mean, only the best people are talking about it. That is literally... He could, uh, even with his reputation of playing people out of position, he could convert Gilfie Sigurdsson to a wing. Oh, shit. Gilfie running down the left but, wing? Yeah, yeah. 
with what? Theo Walcott also on that left wing, <laughs> overlapping for overlapping no apparent reason. Um, I mean, really, the the best people are talking about this. So I guess the really the, the big question is what are, what what are the odds? Uh, and as as a one of the longest running Minnesota United FC podcast, um, that you know we we just want to make sure we we want to make sure that you know I'm also a gambler, so I want to make sure that our fans who are also degenerate gamblers and you know for entertainment purposes only, um, what the odds are on Inchi to Everton. Uh, I mean, I know there. I know he's a long shot. Like, let's let's be fair. Like, right? This is a thing. It's definitely gonna. It's definitely might possibly definitely happen. Um, so we definitely want to make sure that we are very on top of things in terms of the odds. And I don't want to like, you know, I'm I, I'm also a responsible gambler. I don't want to like push anybody in the wrong direction just because I'm trying to like make things you know fair my way. But I mean, it's got to be no less than twenty to one, right? No less than. Yeah, that feels about right to yeah. me. Okay. You know, the British, the British bookmakers right now are, are really sweating it because Brexit's so close. They know they're going to get hit on on one side or the other, so they're probably a little more conservative than than they're used sure, to. Sure, they, they so, don't want any like parlays yeah. of a uh, of Brexit and in in inchy return. Yeah, that yeah. would be that'd be that'd be dangerous. That's how you get very very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. MJ, do you have any any thoughts on that? I'm not going to put a, a a number on it, but I would I would say that that it's. Inchi, Inchi to Everton is is a way bigger deal than Sam Allardyce Part Two to Everton. You know? Oh, so yeah, definitely. So Inchi to Everton is definitely got better odds than better Sam odds. Allardyce to definitely Everton. Yeah, um, maybe not as good as Moyes yeah. because they, they yeah. you know they love some Moyes dick over there in yeah. uh, in Liverpool on the the blue side of Liverpool. Um, all right. So, but more importantly, so as a, as Minnesota United fans, as we are all Minnesota United fans, um, and this is you know assuming. It, presuming things happen as they are supposed to happen and, and they should happen. What do we need from Everton to make amends for them stealing our, our amazing uh, coach that took us from zero to hero in a year? Three years. After, no, in a, you know, in a year from, from zero in year two to hero in year three. This is a three-year plan. What Don't do we – no, no, shut up. <laughs> what do we need to make amends from Everton? So what does Everton need to send us from taking us from zeros – to heroes in one year, MJ. Well, first, as you know, I disagree with the premise. Because Don't stop fucking <laughs> talking. Just answer the goddamn question. Because because it's a three-year plan. The three-year plan was executed, and in and one year he executed a three-year plan in one year, MJ. That is the whole point. Don't deny the painful. No, 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 no. Stop. Memories of. <laughs> the whole point is that he ex- he had a three-year plan. He executed it in one year, going from zero to hero, year two to year three. What do we do? I, the They're question. Gonna, the, the, I don't. A lot of pounds sterling. Here's the thing. Right? Here's There's the A lot thing. of pounds sterling. Yes. The question is, I don't. I don't care what the fuck you think about it. I want to hear what do we need from Everton to make this worth our while. Well, that's that's the question. Not anything else. Like, don't extrapolate. We're, we're, we're not going to get you know Gilfy Sigurdsson. We're not going to get you know. We're not. We're not going to get Leighton Baines. So what? What? Leighton Baines what, would be nice what, in Minnesota. I can live with that. Yeah, I would like that too. But we're not going to get that. So what do you expect? I'm thinking a lot of pounds sterling. Pounds sterling. For, if, for, I'm, if I'm uh, if I'm Chris Wright and I'm making an upfront offer to Everton, yes. it starts with two things: the memory of Tim Howard, being okay. awesome, and Richarlson. And at that point, I think we can call it about <laughs> even. We both get what we want. Minnesota United gets the striker they sorely need. 
and Everton gets the return of a legend, the coming home of a homeboy, a man who clearly knows how to open a stadium that's somewhat near a large, well, I guess it's a river there at 94 a It's a hole. It's a hole. Ours has a road in it. Ours has water. It's the same thing. There's a river nearby. Um, I was going to say, I was going to honestly say, like, um, that if Everton took uh, Inchi and they also took Angel Rodriguez, I would fucking, I would, like, like I would jerk off like re- like hardcore like in Wes's bar, um, and probably How is that get- different than any other I don't time know. you're here. Definitely not. Bar. Definitely not. All right, so that's all right. That's so the, all the best people are talking about Intrigue Everton. Um, I just want to make sure that that is uh, known and upfront. Uh, definitely not going to make that the name of the podcast so that people uh, will be retweeting this all over the place um, as a smart podcast person does. All right, so uh, dudes, welcome. I, honestly, like now that we're actually through the the funny. Part of the episode. Let's get into the the actual meat and wait. And I was being serious. I know you were, which was that was the problem, MJ. And actually, um, in all seriousness, just knowing how you can pretty well get odds on almost anything in a British book, I'm surprised no one's taking money on Inchi. I know all the best people are talking about all it. All the best they people keep, are talking about they it. They keep but, but like, talking candor, about it. I mean, you can get odds on they Moyes keep, and Ancelotti and they, basically everyone. Yeah, else. they keep Inchi, tweeting about it. Inchi did raise his profile this year, and just given how shit Everton have been this year, and let's be very clear. Everton have been shit this year. I'm surprised no one is saying, hey, bring Inchi back. I mean, all except for all the best people, of course, yada, yada, yada. But seriously, I'm a little bit surprised that you couldn't throw 50 bucks at Paddy Power and at least get odds on it. MJ, counterpoint? Um, I only use B-Win, so. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's talk a little, since we haven't, we haven't podcasted for a good goddamn six weeks, let's talk a little bit about what the hell just happened. Um. So we we lost a lot of people. We added some people, and uh, we have a lot of things going on in our in our life. So we're going to talk a little bit about wait, wait, it. Are you talking about this podcast? Or are you talking about M M&M and UFC? Oh no, uh, this podcast has not lost anybody. Okay, the, the, okay. the other cool, person cool. who was on this podcast is dead to me. So okay. just want to make it clear. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Minnesota. So United. let's let's talk about first who we lost. Um, uh, R.I.P. D.Q. I think Dan 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 really wanted to. Yeah, Dan really wanted to take the uh, take the rain on this one, so go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, Darwin Quintero will always go down in Minnesota history. I mean, the first designated player will always, no matter what negative memories we have, we will always have the day he won glory for America, July 4th, when we beat Toronto at home, uh, and he made a goalkeeper cry with three chips. But if I was going to set up a, uh, a statue outside of Allianz in Darwin's honor, it's going to be four human beings. It's him and three defenders. And you're pretty sure one of them is going to stop his dribble. But just on the off chance that they don't, you'll always sort of have that suspense. And that really, to me, is the Darwin Quintero history is, oh, three defenders. This is a shit idea. Oh, God, he did it once. And then the next, like, six weeks, you're like, fuck, he's going to try it again. Ah, god damn it. I mean, that's fair. That's, that's, that pretty much sums up uh, Darwin Quintero in a, harp, in a, in a very uh, succinct statement. MJ, do you have anything about Darwin you want to add? And because of his ability... However rare and however infrequent to get by those three defenders and score, just the the immense suspense that we have every time he touched the ball that something magical could happen that will be missed. It yeah. absolutely will, and I mean it should be noted that as as mercurial and frustrating as he could be at times. He was so much better than every other player on either on, on the 18 squad in particular. And it really was a breath of fresh air to have yeah. a player who might theoretically be able to dribble through three players as opposed to just lose the ball straight out. Except for Ibsen. Correct. 
Correct. Although I remain to this day surprised that at no point did Ibsen ever produce a weapon on the field and harm someone. Because I always felt like that was in the repertoire too. That is, yeah. Dribble through, get the ball, you know, get dispossessed, create insane bodily harm on like 12 people. I was always, if there was ever a player, honestly irrespective of sport, that I thought might go full Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and Super Saiyan in the middle of the field, it's got to be Ibsen. That's, Who else yeah. could it possibly be? 100%. We were, we were watching uh, we were watching here at the Blackheart, we were watching uh, the... Uh, the uh, game on Saturday, the I think Liverpool game, where uh, Mo Salah did a back heel straight into I think it was Bobby Firmino for a goal, um, or I can't remember. If it was maybe it was, I think it was actually maybe Neb Nebuchadnezzar. Anyways, we're like I was like, holy shit, that's what Ibsen does all the time, except in front of his own goal to the <laughs> other team. Like that could do was fucking amazing. Also, incredibly, incredibly insane. Um, one size so one last point. I want I I echo all the things you guys said about uh, Darwin Quintero, and I just want to point out one thing is that there was an alternative universe so we set we traded darwin quintero uh we buried the lead there uh traded him to houston for marlon harrison and uh, a bunch of tam and gam um there was an alternative universe there for about 96 hours where we all thought we were getting dom fucking dwyer <laughs> and not marlon harrison and a bunch of uh funny money um i just want to i want to take us down that uh alternative universe of dom dwyer um i the people on this podcast no, my absolute hatred of Dom Dwyer. Do you guys have the same hatred? People don't know you as well. Do they? You have the same hatred of Dom Dwyer, or or would you have been Dom Dwyer stands? Like, I mean, do you just want to hang out with Sydney Larue? I mean, she seems cool. Dom Dwyer's a Liverpool fan, so I'm I'm okay with him on that respect. But also, like, I probably would punch him in the face if I saw him. I'm not a big Dom Dwyer fan. <laughs> go go I, figure. He's just sort of like grotesquely overrated. I mean, I, I came to the fandom a little bit too late to have the, the deep hatred for Dom Dwyer that I think some of the more old-school fans do. But even not having those specific memories, you just watch the guy and you're like, I thought you were supposed to be good. Like, what the fuck are you doing out there? Yeah. This is not what a good player does. Yeah, and, I, and I'd, I'd heard it from, like, several people that I really trust who know people who know things in MLS that Dom Dwyer and ML, like, Dom Dwyer for DQ was a thing that was happening. I was just like, oh, my, this is going to be the worst thing in the – it's gonna fucking destroy the fan base. So maybe, maybe much like when they tried to sign that uh, goalkeeper who beat up his fucking girlfriend, maybe the team listened to us, right. you know, for a second time and was like, yeah, maybe not a terrible, like maybe not a good idea to like bring in a dude who we absolutely fucking hate. And Minnesota, like, and that's the nice thing, like MJ, you know, then you came along a little bit later, but like we we are accustomed to bringing in players who we absolutely hated, yes, and embracing yes. them. Um, Jamie Watson's a great example. Uh, Pablo Campos. Pablo Campos. Uh, yeah. Fucking, um, what's his nuts? Uh, Etienne Barbar. Etienne Barbar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. Um, we, we've been known to do that, but Dom Dwyer is like... Mike was a, Ambersley. Yes, Mike. Fuck, Mike Ambersley. Um, <laughs> Dom Dwyer, bridge too far. It's it's really the, the next level. He sort of yeah. fits in... I mean, even the peripheral awareness I had at the time of like... It's him, like Johnny Steele... And Baphomet. Oh, like, as like <laughs> two guys and a demon that Minnesota United fans so are deeply committed against. But it would have been it would have been Johnny Steele post. So we signed Johnny Steele. Johnny Steele signed and went and played for Ottawa, bringing back Johnny Steele after that. Although I still I think still Johnny Steele the one true captain. 
<laughs> guys. Johnny Steele is still the one true captain. All right, we've, we've, we've talked enough about Darwin Quintero. Um, so let's uh, talk about some other players that uh, left. Uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Buy, undo, uh, buy Abu Dunlady. Maybe you guys have any you thoughts on that Abu name Dunlady? again? Or are we just going to gloss over that? <laughs> Abu Dunlady. There you go. Abu Dunlady. He was chosen from us. He was the chosen one, according to he, Heath. Well, and he was chosen from us in 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 the uh, reentry draft. Yes, no expa- uh, expansion draft. Yeah, expansion, expansion draft by Nashville. First, so, their first overall pick, actually. And so uh, that means that we don't have to find another way to get rid of him. Ha! All right, fair enough. I feel like Dunlady Dunlady certainly made his own exit. I mean, you hear the rumors floating out of you know a guy who was healthy, but maybe was not saying that he was healthy and you can always take that shit with a grain of salt because some players just hold grudges and if you've got you've got uh, access to the media you can kind of get your story out there better than some of the other guys can but uh, so uh, for those of you who are not watching this live we're playing kick the keg with an increasing number of pints I feel like yeah. there's actually three quarters of a keg left and Wes was just trying to trick us into drinking this is, a shit yeah. ton of beer that was not selling as fast as he was hoping but the thing with Dunlady is he and this is not his fault there were expectations on him because he was the first overall pick in that collegiate draft and because of how well the guys behind him performed i would be really curious if we had taken dunlady let's say we took dunlady where we took dotson so he's a second round pick and i get like this is a counterfactual history whatever but like he scored a bunch of big goals for the team he's obviously a huge disappointment he's now the very rare player who was the first overall pick Twice, once in the Adidas draft. We also we also had the opportunity to take a guy who's now on the U.S. Men's National Team uh, radar, and also a, a Minnesota kid in Jackson Ewell. Um, I mean, no one who's also was a, no on the U.S. Men's National Team radar. Pick. So it was not a good pick, but that's not Dunlady's fault, right? Like he can't control what the other guys behind him do. And no, I you've given plenty of hate towards the Minnesota front office and the technical staff and the scouting reports, but. I went back to look at those 2017 super draft, pre-draft, mock drafts. Why? Because I hate myself. Okay, fair enough. And, yeah, there were some that had Dinlotti as, like, low as five or six. There was one that had him at two. You know, that, that, that Atlanta United should have taken him at, at two, and we, we would take Ibobasi. So, I, Ivis Galarsep was like like sucking Abu Dunlady's dick the entire time. He had it, he had him going number one the entire fucking time. Meanwhile, Everybody Julian Gressel was yeah. at number twelve. Yeah, fucking you know. Julian Gressel. I mean, the talent is clearly there. We've seen it. We have seen when everything clicks for Abu Dunlady. He moves really well. He gets into interesting spaces. He hits the ball cleanly, but it's just not consistent enough. And that's not really something you can predict in the draft. I mean, my biggest complaint about his pick in that draft is. Everybody knew. No matter how talented you thought he was, no matter how crap you thought he was, everybody knew you had to have a plan for keeping him healthy, and I don't think the team did. Nope. Is, we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about some other things. Uh, all right, so a couple other people who've left. Say uh, la vie, WMT, we hardly knew ye. Uh, Wilfried. Yeah. Mumbe, Tarat. Agabagul, Vito Manone. I don't... Vito Manone may or may not come back. Um... That's uh, apparently the ball's in his court now if he wants to come back to Minnesota. And uh, we'll see. Um, apparently he's gotten some offers from Champions League sides uh, in or, or championship sides in, in England. Yeah, it's a real um, big difference between those two things. Yeah, but apparently uh, Minnesota wants to make him the highest paid goalkeeper in, uh, in MLS. We're not going to talk about that right now because we got to say bye to Bobby Shuttleworth. 
finished Rasmus Schuler, uh, Leap and Larry, not uh, brought back. Colin Martin, uh, amongst others. I think Car Carter Manley is the only one I, I didn't put on here. Even anybody, anything you want to say about any of those uh, particular players uh, that are not coming back? Lawrence Olin, Leap and Larry. Yeah. You know, like you remember Leap and Larry? Well, so. It was the story arc, right? It's the career arc of someone who was with the Minnesota Thunder in 2009. And then, you know, became a journeyman in, in lower-level soccer. Eventually got to MLS. You know, he spent a significant time with the Colorado Rapids, with uh, Portland Timbers. Mm -hmm. And before that, he spent some time with some coach named Adrian Heath at some team called the Austin Aztecs yeah. in Orlando City before they went to MLS. I think so he had he had this background of he's coming back home to this coach and system that he likes to the you know back to Minnesota and it was a nice sort of you know storybook ending if you will. And now who knows the, the this is is the book open? Is it closed? We don't know. Good question. I think I think Larry almost scored the first goal ever against Minnesota United in Portland. I believe that's true. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure. He was certainly on the field. I gotta say, when they made that signing, I thought it was just a warm body, and honestly, he was pretty good. I mean, he d didn't deserve more playing time than he already got. But oh, I fucking love Larry Olam. But yeah, I mean, I was I was fairly impressed with how he performed, and he certainly did a job. Yeah. I, I questioned what defensive midfielder we're gonna get for that bargain that knows the game that well and I mean, you actually can you can you can jerk off into a napkin and throw it at somebody and you'll hit a you'll hit a defender that you can get at that at that level anyways wow. all right what's wow. uh you and I differ on this we're not uh <laughs> co-host change buddy but guys but we're not uh, we're not actually changing ever Dave's I know um who we added? So we added a couple players. Uh, obviously, the aforementioned Marlon Harrison, as well as three hundred thousand dollars in both uh, Gam and Tam, uh, spread over the next two seasons. We also added uh, Greg Raj Ranjit Ranjit Singh Ranjit Singh Ranjit Singh Ranjit Singh uh, in the uh, the first reallocation draft. Um, he was in the, he's the Orlando City uh, backup keeper, Canadian, but theoretically close to a green card. Um, he's made one ML start in two years. Do we have any thoughts? Do you guys have any thoughts on the, the acquisitions we've made so far? He played mostly for the, the Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. And, and there are two years where they won uh, the uh, USL championship. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, last year was the first time he wasn't playing full-time. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to add, or are you just want to say that? No. That, okay. I, he's, I, he's a warm body, I think. It's largely a oh shit if Vito doesn't come back we really need some bodies in here and he's right. a, he's a certainly an interesting prospect guy but if Vito does come back I'll be shocked if he makes the so roster. this so I mean this this acquisition seems to me it's it, this he is the backup goalkeeper on yes. the on the MLS roster this year um, he's not the starter he's not he will be not be he will be only called into action if whatever if it, whether it's Vito coming back or someone else they're going after who's an international keeper so this seems to me like they are going after an international keeper. They they're hopefully going to find Dane Sinclair, you know, twenty five to thirty games somewhere. Probably not in Madison because they have some keepers there, but maybe in a USL. Uh, uh, yeah! I did it! Oh, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we need to interrupt the podcast. I broke the the keg. I killed the keg. The <laughs> take that, Christian. All well, right. For those uh, that don't know, Wes was uh, offering to pay a substantial amount of the the bar tab for whoever killed this keg. 
And I finally did it. I drank a lot of these beers over the course of the last several days. And Wes predicted that uh, the it would odds, not be me. The odds were were in Texas's favor. Yeah, but but as soon as all you all assholes showed up at the bar, it was not definitely not in my favor. But I finally did it. Um, anyways, so there's now a really awesome Bang Brewing uh, uh, beer on tap. Uh, so if you if Bang Brewing, if you want to sponsor the podcast, I'm a very uh, very willing. We are very willing uh, participants of uh, sponsoring Bang Brewing. Anyways, going back to uh, Greg Ranjit Singh. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I, as I, I was saying, I think he's definitely going to be the backup keeper. And we need somebody who's not Bobby Shuttleworth and not Dane St. Clair. Bobby Shuttleworth's gone. We need someone to be a backup keeper. Dane St. Clair is our goalkeeper of the future. He's our yep. He's our work in progress. He needs to play. He needs to play twenty-five or thirty games. Yeah. So somewhere. Don't worry. Yeah. But, Ideally in the USL championship, but, not the league one. Without Bobby Shuttleworth, we still need a backup keeper. Yeah, I feel like that's it's certainly true. I'll still be a little bit surprised if it ends up being Greg. Uh, and I'm definitely going to show him to one name, not because I can't pronounce his last name, <laughs> Ranjit Singh, but just yeah. because he seems like a good it's just one strong name, Greg. 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 Strong name, strong hands. Yeah. All uh, right. So, yeah, we'll see. But I think all of this hinges on what Vito does. Sure. And if he comes back, it'll be fruit basket upset. And if he doesn't, honestly, I know we're talking about Dane St. Clair to the USL. Based on the practice reports, I think he might be ready. And I think the team may not invest in an unproven other international keeper. If Vito comes back, great. If not, I think they really will move right to DSC. If they're willing to, if they're willing to uh, reallocate the resources they were going to spend on Vito to somebody like another part of the roster, I'd be all, all for that. I don't necessarily Center trust. Center back. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Well, no. No. I'm, I'm actually saying like the nine hundred or eight hundred fifty thousand dollars that they have been um, alleged to have offered Vito Manone. If they were willing to pay Dane St. Clair the fifty thousand dollars he's making or sixty five thousand dollars he's making and spend that other eight hundred thousand dollars on other parts of the roster, awesome. Center back. Also. Okay. We have four fucking center backs on this roster, buddy. We need a I, I mean, one. a left back, cool, maybe, and then uh, um, maybe an, uh, some attackers. Attacker, attacking might be nice. I hear goals are important. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of another sport. I do watch a lot of team handball, but I believe it's <laughs> in soccer as well, goals are important. All right, let's move on. Um, so uh, the next bullet point here on our, on our agenda is, the fuck is going on with Miguel Ibarra? Um, as uh, – you all know, obviously, uh, not chosen the reentry draft by anybody. We that was that was surprising, right? Round one, round one was not a huge surprise, just because he yeah. does have that high salary figure. But I thought for sure he'd go early round two, and that did not happen. Yeah. So also surprising. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he just in in I think MJ, I think you put this in the yeah. uh, on the notes, the tweet of him and Ramir, uh, Ramirez running up doing hills, big ass hill. In the snow, he he and Ramirez running up a big ass hill. It's it's phenomenal, but you don't get to see who wins. So. No, you don't. You don't get to see who wins. But the so the question is, I guess, is um, I mean, I know that there was the article that came out. I think the Jeff Rude article um, where you know Mark Watson or uh, yeah, Mark Watson had said they're willing to offer him an, another contract at a slightly lower number than he's making right now. He's making I think three hundred twenty-five thousand or something. Thereabouts. Yeah, I was gonna say it's either 325 or some oddball figure like 328, yeah. five or some bullshit like that. I mean, I guess the question is like, do like say you say say Minnesota United offers uh, Miguel Ibarra a contract at 225 thousand dollars. Does does he take that? 
Honestly, I don't think he does. I, mean, I don't think he does either. Given the – on just a very top-level look at it, he probably takes whatever contract is offered to him where he can still play, where he can start, you know, whether that's Nashville or Miami or whatever. Sure. I think the second consideration is I, I'm sure he would like to stay here. He knows he's beloved by the fan base. He loves the fans here. But, God, you look at the people who Inchi freezes out and they stay frozen – and so he's got to be looking at this roster and going, I know I can, I can, know I can play for my position, but I just don't feel like I'm going to get the chance to. And at that point, go for the highest figure. Like if you're going to sit on the bench, sit on the bench, the nicest possible bench you can. If New York City wants to pay you three hundred grand and leave you out of the eighteen, how is that any worse than what you're doing this year? I have nothing more to add. Okay, for once, <laughs> for once. All right, yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree. I just, I. I'm curious as to why he. I mean, it would it would make sense for someone to pick him up in that uh, the second round or second um, part of the of the reentry draft, but you know, we'll see. It, it's really you know he's Miguel Ibarra. Like think about his career. Um, watching him like in 2012, 2013, like, from 2012 to 2013 and 2014, like really blossom into a, a player. Um, he went to Club Leon, and Club Leon really just fucked with his development. Oh my goodness! Switching and then positions. He had four, he had four coaches, four in different like, coaches in like eight months or something like that, or like ten months or something like that. And then comes back here, and then he's got fucking Adrian uh, Inchi to Everton Heath, uh, who just really also like fuck, like just think about the guy. This is like the first dude who ever from uh, the second division of MLS was first dude in like twenty plus years to get a U.S. men's national team call up, and just how much his development was stunted by like some bad moves and you know and people can say that when he got playing time in 2019 for minnesota united that he didn't show enough to get him more playing time and i disagree i feel like he was what dan said he was frozen out by heath he was not given the time to blossom with the new uh players that we acquired Mm -hmm. and not get a chance to build that chemistry for them to get to know him on the pitch and Basically, that that froze him out. He yeah. he he was not uh, done any favors by the coaching staff. No, well, yeah. It's, you know, yeah. we often talk about what ifs with players, usually when it involves injuries. You know, guys who at you know, twenty one blow out a knee and they lose pace or this, that, or the other. Miguel's one of those players that I would love to to redo his career, where he never goes to Lyon, where he goes to a coach that can really develop him. Fuck, give him to Jesse Marsh or something like that. I want to see what his ceiling is without all of these fits and starts, because he's clearly an incredibly talented player. He's insanely passionate. He's got the drive it takes to be a hugely successful player. Does he get fifty USMNT caps? Does so, he? So just imagine. So the reason he went to Lyon is because MLS refused to buy NASL players. At the time, I think this is like sports league corruption in this country. I this know is my shock. Fucking face. fucking weird, right? Like, Super weird. weird. Um, yeah. Huh? So MLS, MLS ref- what? They refused to to spend money on MLS players uh, or NASL players, and so he had to go to uh, Liga MX in order You're to. You're saying there was a rift between MLS. I'm saying and there was NASL, fucking collusion. NASL, the second division that. Like, I mean, it can't really be collusion if it's a single entity league, but you know, whatever. Anyways, let's move on. Um, so we have a, a couple questions here. Uh, what does MNUC need to do in the next two months? Um, let's keep it very, very brief, gentlemen. Um, we're at the uh, we're approaching about the thirty-five minute mark, and we're going to take a break here in a second. So, what does MNUFC need to do in the next two months? I'll keep it brief. Striker, center back. 
Okay. I'm going to disagree on center back. I feel like we've got pretty good depth there. But, I mean, striker is just absolutely necessary. you gotta got to get somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. And uh, I, I'm just not trusting Angelo Rodriguez to do it maybe ever for any team, but especially not this one. Yeah, Angelo Rodriguez is not going to be on this team in, uh, in two months. You think they sell him? Yeah. I mean, would you, I, would I, you buy a broken toy? I mean, you know, I think uh, Adrian Heath, uh, speaking of Inchi to Everton, I think Inchi to uh, uh, Mob Ties, I think, you know, he gets the uh, the horse's head in his, uh, in his bed and he kind of sees the error of his ways and hightails it back to Columbia. Teasing I mean, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying I think that's, that's what happens. That's a whole new hashtag. That I know, to, right? We have to get to. Te- teasing a subsequent conversation about incredible jerseys. If Angelo Rodriguez were to go with Inchi to Everton, I would buy an Angelo Rodriguez Everton jersey. It would oh. be an all-time collector. For, for Arsenal item. fan, that's saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would buy that jersey also, and I would just I, that would be like I would just jerk off into that jersey all the time. It'd okay, be so the we greatest have a lot thing of Angelo ever. Heat. I will say this. He is a atypical striker who's very good at hold-up play, you know, more than Mason Toy, and and with like a winger or a central attacking midfielder who can score off of that hold-up play, it would be it would be phenomenal. But we don't have that. Or if we had that, Heath can't coach that. So okay, you know. all right, all right. So the last uh, the last thing we're talking about here in the uh, sort of the. The season preview. The next Freddie Adu for dangerous <laughs> prediction on who MNUFC will sign in the offseason. Um, I'm going to start off here, uh, and this is going back to the uh, listening back to the 55-1 podcast. And I, I've been advocating for, and I, my, I watched my team sign this dude, and it was amazing. And he got a short shrift at Liverpool. Um, he got a short shrift at Man City. He also shot firecrackers out of his bathroom. Mario fucking Balotelli. Uh... No. Yes. Mario Watch. No. Hashtag Mario Watch. Listen, if you can't envision Mario uh, putting his fucking big-ass meaty forehead on Romain Metnier and Chase Gasper crosses, uh, you have no imagination, sir. That is what I'm saying. So what is so what is your so what is your dangerous prediction on who MNUFC is going to sign this offseason? I would actually love to see Balotelli. I think he actually fits really well with this I, squad. Right? It's like it, it actually does work. Yeah. I, I don't feel like he's a great match for Adrian Heath. That's another conversation. My dangerous prediction. Heath is going to, Heath is going to Everton, man. Like, oh, that's true. We're so gonna, we're going to have a new coach, coach coming in. That. My yeah. dangerous prediction, and probably the reason that transfer marks should be blocked on my uh, both home and work computers, is, uh, is a gentleman named Yuan Wiesa. Uh, he's currently the second leading scorer in League Two. He plays for the Orient. Uh, he's about 23 years old, so he's not quite of that European, like, 16, 17 teenager where He's also clearly not part of the French uh, national team setup, so he's kind of that second-tier striker player. Uh, but his movement is excellent. He gets into really interesting spaces in the box. He's ostensibly right-footed, but he can finish left. He's got a solid head. And I'm looking at this guy and seeing someone who's probably undervalued where he is, who can really thrive in MLS. And at 23, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the, oh, my God, he's the next big thing sheen on him. He's also got a hell of a career ahead of him. And his transfer fee, the last time he moved, was about 2.8 mil, I think. So which is, makes him entirely accessible. It makes him young and interesting. He's the type of player we need. And he's just obscure enough to be the what-the-fuck MLS signing who does super well. And everyone goes, oh, well, this is a big miss from somebody's scouting department. What's and his so, name again? Uh, Yoan Wiesa. 
Johan ha- Wiesa. Hashtag Wiesa Watch. Hashtag Wiesa Watch. And if he comes, I'm going to make 50 fucking million Jar Jar Binks jokes. I'm going to make so many Jar Jar Binks jokes. <laughs> Zeller doesn't kick me off the podcast. He fucking ends it. Oh, Wiesa beat FC Dallas. Yeah, like all the time. You're going to get so fucking sick of that. Right. I'm so excited. I am grinning from ear to fucking ear I'm, just I'm thinking about very, this. I'm very much against puns, but if, if we sign that dude, I you, you get full full range of, uh, of Jar Jar Binks uh, puns going forward. Period. I, I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. You heard I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that out into the universe. That's it. Uh, MJ, do you have a, uh, a Freddy Adu uh, dangerous uh, prediction? No, I failed on this homework assignment. What's that? I failed on this homework oh, assignment. Dude, you got one fucking job. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, we'll come back in a second. We'll talk about some other United news as well as uh, talk about some other MLS moves and uh, uh, dip into some Concacaf Champions League draw. Oh. I would walk a hundred miles to find the heaviest rocks I could to drop on him in that goddamn well. Who? Boris Johnson. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're back. Uh, so other United news. Uh, so a couple things. Uh, season opener and home opener were announced. Uh, we have the season openers March 1st against Portland at, uh, I think, 6 p.m. our time uh, on a Sunday. Uh, March 15th Ooh. is the home opener. Versus the New York Red Bulls, uh, also at 6 p.m. our time. Um, both are Sunday evening matches, and the only ones at those times. So, national TV for both those matches, probably? Seems super reasonable to assume that. Um, I'm unclear why the national audience was excited by Minnesota United's play last year. But at least the home opener makes sense. Because unlike unlike DC United, our brand new stadium actually is set up well for <laughs> national broadcasts. Yeah. You can see and hear things effectively. Also fair. We also, we've, we've never uh, opened uh, a match against a Western Conference opponent at home. They've all been Eastern Conference opponents. I mean, I feel like this is probably a setup to us getting redivisioned in a few <laughs> years when Sacramento and St. Louis come on. And oh, look, yeah. Minneapolis <laughs> is actually mostly Eastern. Nashville is not even in our uh, in the Western Conference. Eastern Western Conference is not even actually in our fucking notes, but like the fact that uh, Chicago is west of Nashville and Nashville is in the Western Conference also a uh, thing. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that we'll have like the uh, Central Conference in like th- two to three years. I've been tweeting about it for years now. I know you have, MJ. If right. tweeting about things makes them come to reality, I'm so close to becoming Dwayne Wade. I'm gonna be uh, so close. And I'm I'm about I'm about to like eat out Rihanna. That's how close we're going to come when it comes to tweeting about things. <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, other United news. Uh, there was a fucking uh, front office shakeup. Um, I don't know how much we want to spend on that, but uh, uh, Adrian uh, got more responsibility. Mark Watson moved from uh, assistant coach, coach up, yeah. uh, up into the front office. Manny seems to seem to take a step back, but is also doing other stuff. And Amos just is being Amos, so good for Mark him. Mark Watson basically takes over Manny's role as technical director. Yes. And Ma- Manny is moving to spend more time with the youth um, development. With the yeah. youths? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's pretty much how it is. And then apparently Adrian Heath gets more uh, power. More power. It's always a good thing. But not a new contract, which I thought was super interesting. If the team was super amped and they were going to give him kind of the keys to the kingdom, I'm surprised this didn't come with a new three or, God forbid, five-year contract. Yeah. But 
so I, I, this feels honestly more so like re- shuffling. Rec- reckless, reckless speculation time. Yeah, Dan, yeah, go. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my forte. This is where this said where, all this is where college this, professors. This is where, <laughs> this, is where uh, this fucking podcast lives in reckless speculation. So, so I feel like this is one of those things that they made a, an announcement about almost because they had to. But it feels like deck chairs on the Titanic. Honestly, if I had to say what the precipitating I move mean, here was, it's not giving Heath more power. It's getting. It's getting other people sort of into the roles that they were already doing informally. And then, uh, fuck it. Somebody's got to do it. It's Inchi. Or it's sort of the, the upshot of that. Or maybe they were worried about uh, Inchi to Everton, so they were trying to give him a little bit more power. Oh, yeah, So that absolutely. He, would, uh, he would stay on instead of uh, oh, yeah, going Everton to Everton. Everton is not going to give him that much power. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, back in October, they could – Minnesota United, I mean, let's give uh, this front office a lot of credit. Like, they can see the writing on the wall for Everton back in October when Everton was shit. And they knew Marco Silva was not long for this world when it came to coaching Everton Football Club. And so they just want to make sure that they, they secured him. They gave him enough responsibility so that when, when Everton came a-calling, um, that he would not be tempted by uh, that very, very real job that he might have as Everton uh, manager at, at Everton at Football Club. Gave, what they gave Adrian Heath. Why would anyone leave Minnesota United to go to go over to Europe? Right I, I know, right? Like it's it's you know, but sometimes you can always hope. Sometimes you gotta test yourself, and that is that would be a that'd be you a thing. Although I will say here, the most hashtag relatable thing about this entire move is that Adrian Heath appeared to get more responsibilities, a new job title, and no more money or job security. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a that's a great fucking agent he has. Uh, maybe that agent should be uh, talking about Inchy Everton. I think he is. I, yeah. I hear from my people that, oh, yeah. that his agent, the reason he didn't really negotiate on this was he knew oh. that Inchi to Everton so was going to so happen. So he's using this as a as – a, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a ploy. Okay. Fair enough. That sounds, actually sounds great. Um, so we have uh, no new contracts for the broadcast crew or TV announcement yet. So that's a fun thing. Um, I know I'd heard rumors a couple years ago – or a year ago or so that MLS is not trying to uh, – they want to make – they want to keep all of their local broadcast uh, – uh, contracts short through 2022 when they renegotiate the entirety of uh, MLS's uh, TV contracts. Um, and I don't know if, uh, if FSN, I mean, I'm assuming FSN has a sort of a year-to-year deal, um, but I've not heard anything or had any confirmation. And then we definitely knew, do know for sure that the uh, the three uh, TV personalities, um, Cal Williams, uh, Kendra St. Dobbin, and Jimmy, Jimmy Watson. Watson are all... Um, uh, They're back. Well, they're not back. They're, oh, they're, they're not. They, they, yeah, they don't have contracts yet. The one thing I will I will also note is that Kendra uh, has done amazing work uh, with the FIFA Women's World Cup for the last two contract. The last two women's soccer. And women's soccer generally. Um, yeah. So it won't, be surpri- it won't surprise me at all if she is uh, poached up by somebody. Jamie Watson did actually really good work uh, on the U.S. Open Cup for ESPN Plus. So it won't surprise me if he goes somewhere. Um, and I don't I don't know about Cal. What does David do you, Day say? Uh, Wes, do you have something to say about Cal? I don't know. David Day has has nothing to say apparently about it. David Day that account uh, went dormant and uh, deleted a bunch of his tweets. Weird, weird, huh? Who's all right? Moving along. No. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk uh, off off air on that one. Uh, Moving along. Executive awards. This is this is what I was alluding to. Um, We talked about. uh, We're uh, winners. uh, We are winners. I think every United win. I, I think there's 23 awards. I think every club wins an award in this one. 
Everyone except no, Cincinnati did win an award. I think they had Ticket Seller of the Year, which like seriously, congrats to that dude. Yeah, because that was a really hard pig to continually yeah. put lipstick on. Yeah. So for him to for him to beat out the rest of the league, he must have done just a fucking amazing yeah. job. Yeah, and we so we rag on our MN UFC team a lot here, but I, I will say like the the generally the uh, the front office of this team has done a, a pretty good job, and and they the and especially. You talk about the athletic training staff, uh, Stephanie. Uh, I think it's, it's Hart, Stephanie Harden. I can't remember if it's that. Or, Stacey, Stacey Harden, Harden. Stacey Harden. Sorry, it's not Stephanie. Stacey Harden. Sorry. Apologize, Stacey. Um, uh, she's been amazing. Um, and they, the athletic training staff, won the exec, the athletic training amazing, staff of the year. Amazing staff. Um, and then uh, corporate partnership team, corporate partnership executive of the year, and then marketing executive of the year. Don't know who exactly. I just saw the the Minnesota United tweet. Didn't put the names to those things, but good on them. I mean, listen. Uh, this team had – we talk a lot about um, – and we're obviously huge fans of Minnesota United, but Dan and I were also – and I don't know MJ is uh, – we're, we're also fans of other teams, the Wild, the Twins. Um, there's, you know, there's lots of other sports teams. There's, you know, the Vikings. Minnesota and, Whitecaps. And the, yeah, the Minnesota Whitecaps. But there's, like – but, you know, in terms of, like, there's the four big sports. There's Minnesota United. There's, obviously, the, the, the Lynx. Um, which is I would consider a, a big four sport as well. I mean, compared to there, there's an entire D1 university. There's a D1 university that has you know ha- has a team with history of winning stuff in in Gophers men's hockey. A, uh, a women's team that actually wins shit recently. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of competing dollars, and the fact that we won uh, some corporate partnership uh, awards actually says a lot about the work that the Minnesota this market. team is doing. It it's is a very, very it's a very tough market, which is why everybody. When we when people talk about and, and everybody clamors for a uh, NWSL team, I think there's it, that's a sort of a a, um, a pro and a con, right? Like there, we definitely have we definitely have a team in the Minnesota United franchise that can do it um, and make it successful. But it's also like there's so many other, and then we also have like you know Minneapolis City and all these in you know um, all these other like you know. Smaller soccer WPSL teams. WPSL. Yep, WPSL teams and all that. So for, for women's soccer. Just Anyways, shout out to those guys. long story short, I just want to say like this is that's it's a it's a pretty uh, uh, great point on or great you know um, mark on on Minnesota United FC's ledger. So congrats everyone. I'll just leave it there, and you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things that's interesting about this franchise is how many things they do so incredibly well. You know, they're a three-year franchise, and yeah, we can talk about the the NASL history, and it certainly set them up for success. But their corporate partnerships are legit. They have a really good partnership team. Their marketing has consistently been on point, even when they're operating within the MLS infrastructure. Allianz is absolutely fucking gorgeous. I think honestly, it sets into relief, unfortunately, the things they don't do well. And I think we can be very critical of those things, partially because we're not complaining about a degrade stadium or a shirt sponsor that sells bail bonds and like they do so many of these things super well i want to shout out the uh athletic trainers just because that's sort of where my background lies i think sure i think the fact that we got ozzy alonzo and ike opara oh fuck yeah two players that are well known throughout the league for being amazing super talented players but made of spun sugar blown glass and unicorn tears and to keep those guys healthy for an entire season it's so much of the story of the 2019 minnesota united because they played, and they played every game where they missed, like, one or two here and there for rotation. That's yeah. a huge – forget the award. That's nice hardware, whatever, a plaque's nice. The fact that those two players played so such a high percentage so of the season. So many games. 
it's that is the feather in their cap and that alone to say nothing of the other like day-to-day tasks that they did that alone should have won them the award and it probably did to be perfectly honest yeah for sure um any other united news i'm missing guys or Okay, that's pretty much pretty much it. Pretty pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I we have a uh. So right now we're actually this is a, we're sort of freestyling guys. Uh. In a, in a in this format we're gonna reboot our our format for uh the 2020 season. But I just wanted to highlight any other MLS moves that we wanted to discuss. I have a couple in here. Um. That I think were like very important. Um. Particularly the first one here. Uh. And especially as it relates to Vita Manone. Um. Luis Robles. Uh. Went Goal to inter, Yeah. Went to Inter Miami. Um, I think it was for about three hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. When we consider what we are, what the contract offer out to Vito is, we would have saved about five hundred thousand dollars by oh. trying to sign Luis Robles. And you know, it's it's whatever. It, it's Minnesota, so who knows if he would actually sign here or not? But um, there's you know, that, that goes back to sort of the the, the Vito Monona point is that we can you can get a decent goalkeeper in this league for. You know, three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, and we are potentially spending, you know, over t- twice that, potentially three times that, to bring back either a keeper or or sign someone from uh, outside of uh, MLS. And it's not just the money that we spend on Vito. I was like, is it he worth it? He probably is worth it, but then that is money that you cannot allocate, as Texas previously said, you can't use that money to spend on other positions. So. I feel like. And Robles is certainly a great keeper. He's got a legacy in this league. Um, and he's certainly one of the guys that marshals the defense really well. But that's something that I feel like is an X factor. You can look at a guy's shot stopping. You can look at their expected goals, all that good stuff. But how well they work with the defense around them is such a big deal. Honestly, I feel like if the, the defense as a whole hadn't been so good last year, I'm pretty sure United would be more than content for Vito to go back to Reading or stay in Italy or wherever. But the defense as a unit was so incredibly tight. And he takes a huge amount of credit for that because yeah. he's, he's a super vocal goalkeeper. You don't have to watch him very long to watch him scream at somebody. And so, like, that's the sort of X factor. Like, Luis, Luis Robles is a great shot stopper. I think Miami got a steal in him. Yeah. And I would oh, have been happy sure. to have him at United. Yeah. And for 500000 I mean, it's a pretty solid savings. Yeah. But I feel like we would have seen a bit of a learning curve with him trying to figure out how to work with his defense. And there's every reason to believe that he never gets to Vito's level. Yeah. So you pay a little bit of premium to keep that sol- solidarity. Cohesion is worth the money. Yeah. All right. It's not my money. Uh, so one other one, Sasha question to LA Galaxy. This has been a rumor for a little bit. Uh, he is officially confirmed to as of today. Um, any guy, you guys have any thoughts on Sasha question to to Guillermo and uh, the the Zlatan is big shoes to fill. <laughs> All right, and then finally, the other one I want to point out, and then you guys, you guys get anything? Uh, fucking uh, SKC, Sporting Kansas City, paid nine and a half million fucking dollars for the uh, Liga MX uh, goal or uh, scorer, uh, goal boot winner, uh, Alan Polito. Nine and a half million dollars from fucking Sporting Kansas City. The actual fuck. I feel like there are two huge stories here, sort of buried within Polito himself. One, the fact that he didn't go to Matias Almeida up at uh, San Jose, because San Jose allegedly put out a shit ton of money as well. Uh, so that's a big coup for SKC and a, a little bit of a validation for Peter Vermees. But on top of that, like, for so much of MLS's history, it's been a fucking retirement league. Like, we've got to get excited about Zlatan's last ride and Wayne Rooney's I don't have DUIs in this country. And, like, fucking Bastion's Feinsteiger playing horrifically out of position for which numerous Chicago Fire front office members should be tried in Dusseldorf 
Alan Polito <laughs> is a player at the top of his career. He's a player who could have made an entire career in Mexico. He could have been an absolute star, and he chose to come to, I'm not going to lie, Kansas City's not exactly the largest market in town. I feel like it's a validation of where MLS is going. That yeah. These players do see this as this is a positive step in my career, not just, hey, here's a place where I can get unbelievably good ribs and racism. Yeah. So, so Polito's only 28. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, he theoretically could make a move somewhere else after, you know, you know, theoretically could make a move to Europe um, for a, you know, very brief period of time. I'm not sure. We also don't, could make a move to China. And could make a move to China. Yeah, yeah. Could make a move to China or Qatar. Qatar is very, they're very, they're very much into. Uh, but he's also, he's also a, uh, uh, a starter on the Mexican national team. Um, and you're as as you mentioned, and Sporting Kansas City, which is not, which actually I think should give uh, Minnesota United a little bit of hope in terms when it comes to um, recruiting uh, these types of players, because if you spend the money, if Minnesota would bust out seven, eight, nine million dollars on a player, you can get them to come to Minnesota. Honestly, I mean, yes, March and April kind of suck ass here, but the rest of the rest of the year, it's not any worse than any, anywhere else in the rest of the world. To piggyback on that, we we saw, you know, year one of the Manny Lagos attempt to get people that are Nordic or people from Scandinavia that have a similar climate. And you saw where that le- le- led us for the most part. Shout out Vladim Demidov. Yeah. What up, baby? Bashim Kadri. Never die. Um, you know... M- you know, Mohamed Saeed was Saeed was probably the the best player out of that group, and you know he was Swedish and actually had a significant MLS roster or uh, MLS career before coming here. But everyone that we pretty much got who had never played MLS from those Nordic countries, you know, didn't work out. I think Latin America is a very good place to go scouting. Yeah, I was actually you mentioned when uh, we talked about Rasmus Schuler leaving. Um, do you guys know who the the only only player from the opening day roster that is still currently on, or the only from the starting eleven that's currently on the roster right now? I think so. Kevin Molino. Kevin Molino. Yep. Kevin fucking Molino. All right. Um. All right. So we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we are going to uh. Uh, Wes just bought us some uh, pull tabs. We're going to open our pull tabs. Oh, thank God. I thought they were condoms. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to finish up the uh, the podcast. So stay with us for one second. You want me to be that type of dude. And I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. Sounds like we're gonna have a Dave's I Know beer coming out relatively soon. That's a that's the best people are talking about the Dave's the best I know people beer. are talking about Dave's I Know beer. <laughs> Dave's and, I Know beer, and uh, that's definitely gonna be a Patreon uh, subscriber thing. So, and we'll make sure y'all get some good Dave's I Know beer. Uh, let's talk about uh, the, the, and all the other best people are talking about, other than Injury to Everton, obviously. Other Ever- than all the best people are talking about Injury to Everton, Concacaf Champions League. Uh, did you guys see the draw at all or? 
Do you guys care about CONCACAF Champions League other than me? I care enough to know that uh, we're going to get a rematch of Atlanta and Club America, which I'm, I'm definitely here for. I'm definitely here for other parts of the hemisphere hating Atlanta the, the way we do. <laughs> I'm really That's here fair. for the exchange of us and Club America fans, just, just really bonding over being a little bit disappointed and also super impressed sometimes with Darwin Quintero, but a deep and abiding hatred yeah. for Atlanta. That's I watched, what I'm really looking forward to. I, I watched I watched Club America beat uh, my uh, Monarchas uh, in the uh, in the uh, semifinals a uh, couple days ago, which I was disappointed about. Anyways, um, LAFC uh, gets probably the toughest uh, pull in the uh, in pot two and Club Leon, um, which no one like no MLS team wanted to play. And then if they you know advance to the uh, the finals. They will get, you know, and, and if Atlanta, it's either it could be Atlanta United or Club America in the finals uh, or in the semifinals on their side of the bracket. I think LAFC will be an entertaining matchup. Yeah, LFC Lyon's gonna be could be great. Lyon's actually pretty good. I mean, in spite of their, you know, I, I'll differ with Dan on the Atlanta United bit though. One, I've never really hated them, but two, try harder. You are you are fired from this podcast. I know, but. Just get the, it, get the fuck out com- right now. When it comes to CONCACAF Champions League, I will be so happy when a U.S. or Canadian team wins that tournament. I don't, really don't care who it is. It could be Toronto FC. It could be, you know, Sporting Kansas City. Who, you know, it could be anybody. Montreal but almost did it once. Is it, it, They might do it again. some Canadian or U.S. club team can beat a Mexican club, I will be very, very happy. And I really don't care who it is. Yeah. All right. So the other uh, <laughs> the other draws are Atlanta uh, United uh, has Matuga, um, Matigua. No, sorry, Matigua. Um, they're a Honduras team. Um, Seattle host uh, or plays CD Olympia, also a Honduras team. NYCFC plays Adi San Cal- Carlos. Carlos. Yeah. And then uh, a Costa, Costa Rican, Rican team, and then Impact Montreal Impact hosts Saprisa, a Costa Rican team. Uh, Johan Venegas. Johan Venegas' team, as a matter of fact. And uh, whoever wins that gets uh, the Seattle Sounders in the quarterfinals, presuming Seattle Sounders beats Olympia, which, which they should, hap- it should happen. They should, They should. will they? Uh, Olympia Olympia's not bad. It's a good question. The, the CONCACAF Champions League kicks off in uh, like late February, and they play over the course of two weeks. And so most MLS teams are, are – all MLS teams are in their preseason training at that point. So who the fuck knows? I think the interesting thing to watch is going to be if anybody replicates what we saw happen with sporting last year, which is put a lot of resources into CONCACAF Champions League, make a really good faith effort in the tournament, and then just watch their MLS season and then burst into flames. Also also get the shit kicked out of you in that tournament, and then watch your MLS season burst yeah, into flames. They, sporting Kansas City really illustrated why you don't make a deal with the devil. They really know sort of where all the cards are, and they're going to not play particularly fairly so sporting got the the shit end of both sticks which yeah. congratulations to them on that so the three also te- had a lot of injury problems yeah the three teams that are actually primed totally primed fair. primed to actually like take this tournament seriously are lafc uh Atlanta united and seattle who are bringing back most of the rosters um bringing back their coaches everything else um nycfc doesn't have a coach right now they literally do not have a coach right now um montreal impact is bringing in Thierry Henry, um <laughs> who is who's bringing in a, a whole theoretically a new system who the fuck knows nycfc also doesn't have a fucking coach right now even though they were the best team in the eastern conference last year um by you know by their points and stuff so i mean the all the all the signs point to seattle actually probably 
being the team that makes a run and could potentially win this thing. But, I mean, LAFC is probably the most talented team and they in, have the, depth. in the tournament. And they have depth. Period, yeah, and they have depth. So They have depth right now. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with them in January. You've got the rumors of Vela to Barcelona. Yep. Who knows how accurate there's that al- is. There's also rumors of actually uh, LFC. I can't remember what the, the dude's name is, but uh, bringing in the Lyon striker, actually. Right. So, so I, they may still be really good. Yeah. But asking them to make a deep run in the CONCACAF Champions League is they're sort of blooding in new players and they're sort of feeling out who they are as a squad. I think maybe a bridge too far. They may be the one who gets knocked out earlier than we expect and everyone goes, oh my gosh, are they really bad this year? Yeah. Do we have to... Are are we? You know, they're filling off-season content for is LAFC bad? And then by June, that looks fucking ridiculous because they're absolutely destroying MLS because they finally have chemistry. Also, the uh, uh, dagger of Damocles hanging over this thing, CBA. Do do they actually yeah. play? I find it fascinating how little we are hearing about the CBA. Yeah, if this Me were too. if this were. The four major sports in the U.S., we would absolutely be hearing, not day-by-day updates on the negotiations, but the players would be leaking things. The teams would be sort of moving things around. Fuck, MLB isn't even in a CBA year, and we know how they're making uh, agreements on marijuana. Now now, uh, minor league players can smoke weed in addition to major league players. That's a whole other podcast. I can fill an hour on that. Weed's the best. That whole dog shit Weed is awesome. Go green. I love weed. Go green. I love weed. I love union protections being extended to the people who need them. <laughs> Hashtag good work, MLB Players yes. Union. Uh, but, like, we know nothing. We know nothing on the table. We don't know what the players' key demands are. We don't know what the team's key demands are. We don't know what's going on with Tam and Gam, yet teams seem to be entirely willing to make deals around those things, despite yeah, the fact that we that know is... they're on the table, and the players have expressed that they're not super keen on them in the past. So what I can't tell is, is this a good sign that these these sides are negotiating in good faith and things are moving forward. And so they don't need to worry about leaking things to the media to make themselves look better. Or are both of these sides completely fucking clueless about how these negotiations go? One side is getting ready to abjectly screw the other, but nobody is playing the PR game correctly. If you know, this is the fact, please contact me. I have a PR consulting (laughs) practice and I would really like to be part of this. Um, Knowing, knowing these two factions, I would, I would probably lean towards the, the, the latter than the former, which really distresses me as someone who loves, I fucking loves this game and loves these, you know, loves these, my team and all that. But also, I'm also going to always, I'm always, 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 always going to side with the fucking players. If you are, if you side with owners in a fucking uh, labor, like labor strife, you are a fucking asshole and just unsubscribe from this Oppressive podcast asshole you yeah unsubscribe from this podcast uh just remove me from your from your twitter just do not engage with me at all if you if you anytime uh side with with owners versus the players um you can just fucking unat me just unat me just get rid of me period because fuck you 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 uh capitalist asshole piece of shit um that's tell us how you really feel that's my that's <laughs> That's my general feeling on this. Um, anyways. Uh, Going back to Dan's point yeah. about that there is not a lot of media about this and that if this was one of the major four sports, there would be. In addition to soccer still being a non, in many people's eyes, not one of the big four sports in this country, you have the fact that MLS owns everything. The, the teams don't own the players. The league owns the players. And so... That gives the league a lot more say and a lot more control. And when you talk about things like 
communication or leaks or you know any sort of media coverage of an event like this you know MLS has the ability where other leagues don't to kind of control or put their foot down on a lot of that stuff I mean I don't know if it necessarily would be uh, I mean there's there's lots of uh, there's been lots of um, union uh, and you know uh, their labor and, and owner organiz- like negotiations and other sports that have like basically been sort of just under the radar that have that worked out well um, there's also been ones that have been under the radar and worked out terribly for everybody and that was like a lot of the NHL shit like no one no one really leaked anything from the NHL shit in 94 and then and then in 2000 and was the two when was the the other the labor uh 2010 or 2010 yeah that's right yeah, like, yeah like, like there wasn't really anything leaked out um they were both horrible then, but they were both horrible fucking strikes They're and they were terrible um but you're right it, it, as a single entity league um and uh, as is a league of players who make less money than other major you know the other of the other you know major sports um the players here have a lot more to lose if they haven't been preparing for uh, a strike and but everything i've heard from from people is that the, the players have been preparing for a strike so it's not it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility that they are prepared for a strike so I think anytime you're looking at the NHL as a model and saying, "Oh, oh yeah, no, no, it's a terrible, well, terrible well, idea." You know, the labor situation might go this way. I think both sides should be extremely incentivized to do literally anything else. The exact opposite of the what exact, the NHL did. Yeah. Yes. Oh, this is what the NHL did. Oh, so okay, so <laughs> so okay, literally the exact opposite. Owners and players. I was going to turn me on this. I was going to turn left at this stoplight. I'm going right. Does not matter. The NHL's the NHL's labor situation is so shockingly bad and has been for nigh on 20 years. It is almost impressive. They almost seem to be committed to systems that are just horribly impossible to get right. So I like I firmly believe that MLS is going to do better because I sincerely believe that worse isn't possible in the scope of a, uh, of a professional sports league. I'm also going to throw this out there because I think it's super relevant to this discussion. JC Bradbury just produced a piece on competition within a single entity league and play, like, player salaries and whether it, sure. it increases competition or not. I was shocked by the result he found, which is that it actually does not decrease competition and actually increases willingness to compete within the single entity league, which I think is super important within labor because you don't risk you don't risk a situation where half the league is tanking, looking at you, NBA, and increasingly Major League Baseball, and actually you have teams that are willing to compete for salary dollars. Sure. Okay. I mean, is that there? There's all other obviously with MLS with like their TAM and GAM and all the DP rules and all that. Like that's makes it completely MLS different than just like money. a straight single entity league, though. No, it, it absolutely right? does. Okay. But yeah, I mean, and I think the thing I will be shocked if it continues through this CBA. I would not actually be all that surprised to see a three-year continuation of this CBA, more or less. I'll yeah. be shocked if TAM and GAM stick around because they're so screwy and they really hurt players' ability to compare themselves salary-wise to what's going on in Mexico and the rest of CONCACAF and even in the lower European leagues. Sure, sure, sure. All right, so we spent about 10 minutes talking about uh, the CBA and, and TAM and GAM that I had not even put into the fucking uh, agenda. Um, but hashtag I want to out we're all big union heads. We, yeah, we're, yes. I, we, Blaine we, Bettman. We definitely hashtag, are. Hashtag Blaine Bettman. This is, this is the one great thing about having Martin not on the podcast anymore is I can, I can rant and rave about unions and you guys are going to be down with me versus his uh, 
uh, authoritarian uh, boot uh, on my throat, as it were, the theoretical bank employee, the theoretical uh, authoritarian boot on or boot on my throat. Um, but as we, there's nothing else going on in in Minnesota United Soccer. I want to give you both the 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 chance to uh, to rant about your particular uh, EPL teams, and we're gonna start with uh, with uh, MJ with Duncan Disorderly and the sure. Ever and the Evertons. Well, so, so I'm, I'm giving you. I'm giving you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna clock it out. You got about two minutes to rant about your team. This is, this is unheard of for David to give me any time to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give you two blue, minutes. And I'm gonna fucking cut you off. I would like to start with the end of last year, where we drew Liverpool. Where Everton drew Liverpool. Everton beat Arsenal. Ever, Everton beat Chelsea. They beat Manchester United. I think they drew Tottenham. But they had this amazing run of good play and against good teams. And a buddy of mine, were, we were talk- another Minnesota Toffee and I, we were talking about this. It was just like, you know, maybe it's just taken this long for Silva's, you know, tactics and, and systems to, you know, seep into the mind of the Everton players. And like an idiot, I thought... Okay, come tw- 2019, fall of 2019, we're, go- we're going to hit the ground running. We're, we're going to be fucking amazing because look what we did at the end of last year, and then we just build on that. And Then you it, spent like $200 million. It, it was a shit show. It was a shit show, and everything went down the toilet, and s- sacking Silva is not going to solve all the problems, but it's part of the solution. You know, it's part of the solution. You, you bring in... A amazing character like Duncan Ferguson, amazing player, a, a former player, been an assistant assistant coach on on the squad through several managers. Do you know Do you know why he's uh, called Duncan Disorderly? Share with me, David. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop your time because I want to share this with you, and I want you to. So uh, he. Was so some some people uh, in like the 1980s um, uh, burglars came into his house and he beat the shit out of them and then he got oh yeah he got arrested for that uh, and then uh, while he was on probation for that assault and it was assault on burglars yeah, on, bur- on burglars um, but the 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 UK magistrate uh, deemed it assault um, while he was on probation. He headbutted a dude in the Premier League, and so he spent three months in jail after that. Still love the guy. And, uh, yes, so, like, the highest-scoring Scottish uh, player ever for Everton. Um, So he spent three months in jail and then went back and played more uh, Premier League. And then eventually, he also eventually did another time where uh, there was a taxi Someone tried to, to rob him in a taxi, and he beat the shit out of people in a taxi. Anyways, um, so yeah. So that's why they call him uh, Duncan Disorderly. He and, held, and and you, you, have, you have a minute and a half still. Or you he, have like he 40, held, he 45 seconds. The current players on, on Everton to beat Chelsea, I, what's not to like? You had all, all the great soccer hugs, after, after the, football hugs after that game. You know, he's hugging this ball boy. He's hugging this other ball boy. He's hugging Tom Davis. He's hugging 
DCL Dominic Calvin Lewin. So it, it's, he he did pick up that one ball boy. I thought he was might he might have thrown him. Yeah. Well, so like he was obviously Be- very excited because it, of his disorderly past. Um, swing him around by his ankles and take out the other the, ball boys as a warning. All right. One you, of the things. That, oh, fin- no. Finish up. You, you, I'll give you. I'll give you like ten more seconds. Finish up. Finish your thought. Uh, something that Mark Mueller told me, um, who heads up the Minnesota Toffees, is that he has his FA license. He doesn't have his UEFA badge, or there's rumors that he might have, you know, limited time where he's not an option as a long-term option for Everton because he he might not have his UEFA. Ah, uh, okay. So all right. Little. So he's really just keeping the seat warm for Inchi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hearing. So Inchi. Yeah. So hashtag Inchi to Everton is Inchi to Everton is yeah. is literally a thing. Uh, all right. Um, so our, our other our other good friend Dan is a uh, unfortunately an Arsenal supporter. Um, so we went from having two Liverpool fans to an Everton fan and an Arsenal fan. And so I'm going to give Dan the floor again for two minutes for uh, Freddie Underpants. Go. I think there's there's no denying that uh, that Freddie Longberg has the most underwear shoots of any manager in the Premier I mean, League. <laughs> it's just it's just a fucking fact. No, it's uh, like, 100% a fact. Know, so that's it's super important. No, I think I think Freddie Longberg's first couple of games in charge of Arsenal are a really good illustration of of how bad he is. I mean, I the West Ham game looks pretty good, but no, of how long it takes for a, a new coach to really get a system in place. You know, I know we've joked a lot about jonesing for a change and getting Adrian Heath out of there. But uh, you know, re- out of here not there. He's not He's not in Everton yet, although I imagine Inji out of Everton will be a very quick uh, hashtag very shortly after he's in. Uh, but he's got to get in first. He's got to get be, in he'll first. He'll be in first. Um, yeah, there really is the secret to life. Um, so with Freddie Longberg, I think it's really interesting. The team isn't playing particularly well. They don't quite look like the squad that we would hope they would be. I'm, I'll be really interested to see how long they give him. There's a rumor they're looking at 10 managers, including Mark Mikel Anteta. Anteta, good lord. Michael Arteta, Carlo Ancelotti, uh, and numerous others. But I think there's this tendency to believe that a new coach is a panacea and they'll solve all the problems. And I, I think Freddie's future in coaching is really bright. I think he's a good player. He's obviously a good player. I think he's a good coach. The players do like him. They respond to him. It just takes time. Um, Arsenal has traditionally played very poorly during the Christmas fixtures. Uh, it is a tradition on the level of uh, the really good British Christmas ads and Christmas crackers and Arsenal just abjectly shitting the bed against Southampton. Shane Long just destroying North London children's dreams. <laughs> so it'll be really interesting to me to see, okay, we've got three games under the team's belt. They're now going into what is traditionally their absolute horror show. Can Freddie nip that in the bud a little bit or is he uh, is he just the latest manager to watch Arsenal's feeble hopes get absolutely crushed like however many children ask for ponies. Get boxed on Boxing Day, everyone. Every, it, this is this is tradition. Speaking of Boxing Day, I'm going to be bartending at the Blackheart of St. Paul if you want to come watch Boxing Day matches. Uh, I'll be bartending starting at 9 a.m. here at the Blackheart of St. Paul. Uh, but, so, okay. If anyone wa- actually wants to get a beer from David and I rather will, than see David drink a lot of beer, yes. this is the time to yeah. do it. If you, want, if you want to see me, like, Hang out for like five hours and not drink a beer. Yeah, I will and be give uh, you the beer. Yeah, and, and I'll I will give you beers. Unique um, opportunity, but yeah, a unique opportunity. Um, but I, I want I actually want to ask you both this question. Um, so where do you think? So where do you think both of your teams end up? And then I'm gonna suck Liverpool's dick for like five minutes. I'm giving you two minutes. I'm gonna take the time. Yeah, no, no, you sir. get the same. No, two sir. No, sir. No, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, MJ, so yeah, Dan, go go first. Yeah, I, I think Arsenal. Champions League. 
No, there's a no. Ton of, okay. no, 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 no. There's a ton of talent on this squad. I think they do figure it out eventually. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be a dogfight for fifth and sixth. I think Arsenal finished sixth. I think they get to the Europa League semis, but not the finals. And we're all forced to look at this year and go, oh, maybe it wasn't quite so bad because we actually make the European places for next year. But there's no there's no big, bright hope with this squad. So so a follow up question. Do you just blow it up then or or what? I don't think you can blow it up in January because there is a huge well, no, difference but, but, between. But, but, but saying you, you, I mean, you know, like, yes, you'll have, you have Europe next year and you'll have probably Europa next year. But you just blow it all up and just try to go young and try and bring in, um, you know, a, a manager who can like make things like you know like like a Klopp or, or like you know, or a Guardiola. I mean, I'm not there's there's not many managers like that. I mean, maybe Jesse Marsh. You know, it's interesting. Arteta is kind of the guy that I look at. And okay, go, Arteta. Ars- yeah. If Arsenal bring him in, they're bringing him in for ten years, and and that's sort of the time window that you're going to have to judge him on. Um, Honestly, I think with Stan Kroenke as the uh, owner of the team, I think the upside for this team is really limited. To yeah. Be perfectly frank. I mean, you don't have to look at his his history of sports ownership to see aggressive we, eight and eights. We always forget about that Stan Kroenke owns the fucking Arsenal. Arsenal team. Yeah, which is it's just a fucking shame. Yeah. Like I'm no, I'm not exactly a Stan for a lot of uh, Russian oligarchs, but I was jonesing for uh, for Uzmanov to take Kroenke's share, and it just didn't happen. So, I, honestly, I think the, the upside for this team is pretty limited until we get Kroenke out. Um, At least you don't have Abramovich. True. True. You should. I would, give me, give me uh, Abramovich's wallet, though. Um, okay, sure, but his decision-making. Dan, can, can we just get you to like have Kroenke out signs uh, at Edmonton UFC matches for the I, rest of the time? I just don't see why I would make a sign for a tattoo I already have. Okay, fair I, enough. I, 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 don't, I don't have this tattoo, <laughs> but I did live in St. Louis for two years, so I feel like that counts. That's fair. When, when will the hashtag Wenger in, you know, when will those uh, tweets start? Uh, follow at David Weirs, W-I-E-R-S, <laughs> and they've already happened. It should be noted that David Weirs is a Tottenham fan, but he's a he's a big winger in guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, MJ, uh, back to you. Um, so, Everton's getting uh, uh, relegated, right? No. No, no. Okay. They, they have, they where, have where, one where, of the longest Where, where are they standing, finishing? They have one of the longest standing records of not being relegated, of being in the in the top league. Uh, they'll they'll be kind of around fourteen fifteen. Okay. If they if they get to, is that so if they get to, if they get to twelve, I'm really happy. So they've overachieved. Is that is that is that enough to keep Duncan this early on, or are you looking for somebody else to manage the team? I would love if Duncan has that success to keep Duncan Ferguson on, but I think uh, the ownership has bigger plans and and has hopes to to get a more. Uh, a better resume manager coach in David Moyes 2.0. I hope not. I think it's gonna be Carlo Ancelotti. I think it's Ancelotti to Everton. He big Sam's him, so he keeps him up, and then uh, we'll see what he can do with a, a full transfer window. Dan, David, I left Inchi. I would Ever- love I would love to Everton on the fucking plate for <laughs> you, and you just I shit say, the bed, man. I, I did. Seriously, that's my I bad. would love Carlo Ancelotti, uh, An- An- Ancelotti to, to Everton. But. Also, that's a huge step down for Carlo Ancelotti. Like, like, let's be so, yeah, real yeah. honest about but, that. But, but, but yeah, to, to be honestly fair, like I saw, I saw a thing uh, that Rafa Benitez was not necessarily opposed to coming he, to Everton. He backtracked when he when he was at Newcastle or wherever. He he didn't, was it him that had said like, he literally just yeah. said that like a day ago. No, 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 no. He he he. Had, 
he had said previously that that uh, he would never Everton is a small club. Yeah, is that him? It could be a lot of people. Everton is a small. No, club. No, no, Everton no, is a small no, club. No, no, yeah, no, but 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 he's just like, and then and then all of a sudden he's backtracking. Say, oh, because he says he said that when he when he was with Liverpool, when Benitez was Liverpool. Yes, because it's a small club. Yeah. Compared well, to Liverpool, much the same way that Tottenham well, is also a sport. But yeah, but appealing yes, to also. the fans of Liverpool. 100%. Yeah, so, no, no he literally he literally just said like a couple of days ago. I know that he, he would not be opposed to he, managing and, Everton. And, and, and they the, the interviewer asked him about didn't at one point didn't you say Everton? Oh, and he's like he's like beeping in reverse, you know, like yeah, that's <laughs> what I would do too if I was like. Fuck off those jack offs jack offs in Minneapolis. Like, don't want to hire me to do a job. Oh, Minneapolis. They're they're a really great city. I love Minneapolis. <laughs> Minneapolis is awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah. backtrack any number of statements made on or oh, off yeah. the record. Listen, if someone is going to give me a multi million dollar contract. There 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 is there is so. nothing I won't uh, I won't uh, unsay uh, given given multi million dollars. Yeah. Well, so. Newcastle would have loved to keep Benitez. You know. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. They would have. Yeah. Yes. See, see, has been doing all right. Anyways. Um, I'm not gonna suck Liverpool's dick for five minutes because we are two minutes. We are getting ah, uh, you know they're awesome. We're the greatest team in the world. The numbers are pretty self-evident. They're kicking yeah. a shit ton of ass. They play with a ton of confidence, and I think Jurgen Klopp might legitimately be the greatest coach in the world right now. So, th- I you mentioned that Dan, and I, I really appreciate that you mentioned that because um, Pep Guardiola went on. I can't remember where he went, but he was like bitching about spending and all that shit and, and then there like someone posted a graphic on a, a facebook a soccer facebook group that i'm part of it was like pep guardiola's net, net spend in uh in the last five years like 570 million dollars liverpool's net spend in that time 75 million dollars <laughs> we've we've spent less money than like most of the europe like most english clubs in the last five years and uh we have this uh Amazing thing because because it's Liverpool has this amazing system, um, and I'm not gonna jinx it because this is like no jinx it. The By thing, all means jinx it. The only thing I want in the world uh, is seven uh, seven European uh, championships. So, um, all right, let's move on. Some more football stuff. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, Ernie Stewart has a dumb fucking Chicago coach policy. Yeah, anybody have any uh, thoughts on that? I feel like most of what the U.S. men's national setup is doing right now can be described as dumb fuck. Yeah. Uh, including the nepotism of having two brothers, like, at the helm. And, it, and Ernie Stewart promoting himself from, like, GM to, like, manager of the GMs. I just feel like we should be honored that he didn't take assume the title of God Emperor. Because, look, if you could just pick your job title and that's not the one you pick, what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah, in life? come on. Yeah. Do, they, for, for those that aren't do familiar. Do Napoleon or do better. For those that aren't familiar, he, he made a policy that that if you are going to be a coach for the U.S. Uh, national team, you need to move to Chicago. Yeah. And and so that is the Chicago policy is you must move to Chicago. Even if you or the team that you're managing or a part of isn't based in Chicago. Yeah. So – What's, so let's talk. Let's like break that down for like a hot second here. Um, so the idea here, and, and the idea is a good one. The idea is that having all of your coaches under one roof um, leads to idea transfers, idea people like sharing things and people getting better and all that. Accelerated serendipity is what it's usually called in the business world, and it was dumb fuck then. Sure, but it's not. It's not the worst idea in the world. The problem is, is that. Um, 
you're basing this off of a sort of a European thing where yes, England, you you can get all Take the coaches. A train. You can get all the you can get all the coaches into one into one place because England is basically fucking Minnesota in terms of like space, right? So everybody comes to one space and then so the idea here if if you actually are um, across four time zones, yeah, pushing it out properly is that I mean U.S. is is basically Europe in, in terms of space. So you're you're trying to do this in every single state, not like. But we have one whole contiguous United right. States. Um, it, it's a it's I don't know. I think it's a, I don't think it's a great idea. I think it's I think it's a it, it's an admirable idea, but I think it's it's ultimately not going to be successful. I think it's impractical and unrealistic. I'll stand for living in Chicago. I did it for eight years. I mean, Chicago's years, great. And it's a great I city. I love Chicago, yeah. But I think the reality is there are so many more important things that need to happen for the, the next U.S. men's national team coach to be incredibly successful. They've got to be a great scout. They've got to connect with players incredibly well. So, honestly, if you want to post up in Southern California so you can scout down there, you want to take frequent trips to Florida and have a summer house or a winter house down there, fine, fucking whatever. So I think the fact that Stewart's coming out and saying this is incredibly important to me is the definition of missing the forest for the trees. Like, yeah. congratulations on your one big tree and also losing 6-0 <laughs> to Mexico again. Yep. All right, some world football stuff, uh, other world football stuff. Uh, Time named the U.S. Women's National Team as the Athlete of the Year. The first time they've given an Athlete of the Year in, like, 95 years. The Women's National Team Athlete of the Year. I think it's well deserved. Pretty fucking awesome, right? Yeah, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agreed. I wonder. I wonder how much of this has to do with uh, the fact that they've divested Sports Illustrated, because Sports Illustrated obviously gives Athlete of the Year, and I think Megan Rapino individually won that. Yep. They used to be under auspices with Time. That's they true. are now not. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why Time finally gave the award. Again. Gave the award to it. And yeah. And did the exact same thing Sports Illustrated did, only slightly differently. Yeah. But it, I mean, you can't argue that it's not deserved. They were the, the story of the summer. They're the pride of the United States. And uh, they kicked ass at Allianz. What more do you want in life? Yeah, for sure. They win. They do win. All right, so we got some fucking answers. Uh, this is how we always end the podcast. Uh, we have uh, we always put out your questions. Um, so Nick Schaub asks, uh, are they named Dave uh, in relation to uh, our new co-host? They are not named Dave. They are honorary Daves. Uh, but we MJ. Yeah, obviously have an MJ and a Dan. According to a bunch of emails I got today, I am named Dave. Yes. I seriously had four people mess up my name on business emails cool. today. Good for you. See, and I get, as a, as a Matthew Johnson, get more the Mike and Mark goof up. So, yeah. so I never get confused for a Dave, except... Until now. Until hi- now. No, in high school. In high school... Someone thought you were I, Dave? There, there was a racist young female who knew, knew of another adopted Korean named David, and she... Was like, oh, you remind me, you remind me of my friend David. You're such, you look so much more like a David. So, you know, except for that one case, you know. Weird. All right. Uh, Jesse uh, at Majestic One asks, percentage chance I'm signed by a pro sports team by the end of 2020. Jesse, you are on our uh, our uh, uh, futsal team, so uh, we are a pro sports team, so uh, chances are good. I would say at least oh. as good as Inchi to Everton, maybe yeah. even better. That's right. Bridget McDowell, um, that bitch asks, you prep now. Fuck you, Bridget. We always prep. Um, and then uh, big game grade A27. This is your 
friend, uh, Eric stupid, Grady. Eric Grady. Stupid big, friend. Big, big game grade. Uh, the Loon's going to sign a goal scorer or what? What region of the world, Lee, do you think they target? I hear the Finnish league is uh, looted. Looted. Sorry. Um, Not yeah. sorry enough. Yeah, no, it's it's you know it's loaded and uh, yeah we're not we're not we don't do puns here. Yeah, so we do. That's a lie. Fuck you. We, we do puns all the time. Big game grade A twenty seven. I still think Latin America is the place to go, but that's just me. All right, fair enough. I I, I mean I like Peru. Listen, man, I think Edison Flores no, no, from well, no. yeah. Let's go get let's go get that guy. <laughs> Rodrigo's right behind you. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Listen, me and Rodrigo, simpatico. Well, it's okay. So I'm Latin. American. Other people would have argued for like parts of Europe to go to, to, to get into like. Yes, because uh, Europe's been so fucking good for us. <laughs> Outside of Dan, Young Grey Goose, Dan, Young Grey Goose, Roman Matinair. Honestly, we didn't mention this earlier. Moembe Tarot really. No, 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 no. Roman Roman Matinair does not does not count because that's French. That's it's not like Northern Europe, which is no, 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 no. But like, like lower division Spain, France, Germany. You know, that's yes, name one successful signing from those places. Roman Matinair. Well, I'll, yes. <laughs> oh, you want Spain, another, you want Spain France, one? Germany. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Julian Gressel. Emerson Minnesota. Heineman. Minnesota United <laughs> signing. Oh, All right, fu- oh fuck oh, off. No, no. All right. He's uh, not asking based on Minnesota's past, t- past track record. He's but, asking about where should they scout. Honestly, yes. Uh, in an answer to that, I think the first everywhere divisions, they should scout everywhere. They should scout everywhere. I think the first divisions of South America are going to prove to be, particularly for strikers, a more verdant field than going to like the second division of the Netherlands. Like I'm sure there's a great star there. Vincent Jansen could do a job <laughs> for this team in a way that he fucking couldn't do for Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, but you're really, really picking at scraps and hoping to find something that someone else didn't the last eight times that every European team scouted them. All right, and finally, Chris Littleholm asks, uh, the venerable, the uh, patriarch of the of the podcast, Chris Littleholm asks, could could you at least wait until you were recording the first show together before calling him a name? I think I I called MJ an asshole um, for revealing. I, I ruined your tweet. Yeah. I ruined your tweet. I, yeah. Like, uh, and, like and, I have for so many other people. And Chris, no, I can I could not. Uh, he he literally. He gave up the game before the game could be played. I did an asshole thing. He did an asshole thing, as I often do. Um, and I'm going to, uh, going to, you know, berate him for it for the rest of the time. But that being said, you're always welcome back on the podcast, Crystal Home. So, uh, all right, that is uh, that's pretty much our podcast, guys. Um, let uh, let me. All right, so yeah, you can always find us at DaveSendo.com, um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Find me at Texas Zeller. Dan is uh, at D Wade, not the Dwayne Wade. As established, do not at Dwayne Wade. <laughs> uh, MJ is at MJ Matsui. M A T T S U I. Yes, M A T T S U I. Can you tell us why, uh, Matsui? Uh, long story short, uh, I used to play boomball goalie with very little protection, and they they called me suicide, and and Matt suicide shortened to Matsui. Matsui. Yeah. So at MJ MJ Matsui S U I on the end there. Um, thank you all everybody for listening. This is uh, fun. We're gonna do, we're gonna keep doing this. I think uh, I, I had I had a good time. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks yeah. very much, on. All right, awesome. All right, this has been the Daves. You know we are the Daves. You know. Be in agreement now, but we have.
yeah. We do our thing, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con. Yeah. Uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, All right. My Gonna, theory here is that the ghost of Adrian Heath is already like upsetting this podcast. Yes. That ghost? sounds. This see, this looks a lot better. Yeah, that, a lot that, better? that looks how. Uh, looks like looks like I got the that Heath ghost to suck my dick. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Either that or it's an EKG, and one of us is like real fucking dead. 